Hi, I'm Peter Martin from Purple Martin Games, general designer on Level Up, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Jessica Hancock to talk about the role of cool versus the roles as written. In the news, two new critical role shows coming soon, even more charity RPG bundles, Chris Pine talks about the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, a Faith No More RPG, a big D&D announcement is coming soon, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world and a brand new sketch about the great humility of an adventure. This week on Morse's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. This week's podcast is sponsored by Jolly Bodger's Piratical Outfitters, who offer a wide range of parrots, wooden legs, cutlasses, eye patches, tricorns, and beard beads. Whether you're a buccaneer, privateer, or tyrannical scourge of the seas, Jolly Bodger has you covered. It seems to me that the young people have started dressing as pirates recently. They seem to consider it fashionable to wear eye patches and ridiculous hats. What's wrong with a simple robe with gold lace filigree and a vaulted collar? That's what I want to know. All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, I am doubly delighted to be here. And the person who lives inside my PC monitor, I'm convinced, because every <laughs> single time I turn it on, there she is. It's like Back again. Em- <laughs> yep, it's like you employed me full-time, so I'm Jessica Hancock from EN Publishing. Woo! So... It was a bit weird because yesterday, well, yesterday evening, I spent yeah. like an hour talking to um, Jess online yeah. in the live stream. Everyone then, else as well, not just me. It wasn't just well, us well, having yeah, a chat. No, but I mean, of, of the two of us, of the of us here, I yeah, spoke, yes. and I was talking yeah. to you on the live stream, and then mm-hmm. immediately afterwards, I spent like what two or two three hours, hours talking yeah. to Peter. Uh, well, we played our D&D game, our level-up game, I should say. Yes. And now, it's the next day, and here you both are again. Ready to talk about role-playing games. <laughs> Just <laughs> surround yourself with amazing people. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And we're going to have a meeting on Monday and have a catch-up, like we always do us as well. Wow. That's Woo. amazing. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> well, it could be worse. It could be. There are definitely There are definitely people that I would not want to have a Monday meeting with. That's true. And fortunately, no one here counts amongst those people. Huzzah. Which is lucky, really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we, we do have an awfully cheerful question this week. Um, last week's question, the uh, a copy of the awfully cheerful engine went out to the, to, to the person who asked the question last week. Same again this week. And this week, our question is from Joel from yes. Connecticut. How do you say that word? Connecticut. 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 Something like that. Say. Yeah. That place. The, a so place in America. Joel from America. <laughs> yeah, Joel from America. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's just start it down a bit. Yeah, okay. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Uh, asks, do you guys prefer maps and miniatures for your games, or do you like theatre of the mind? What are the pros and cons of each? That's a really yes. good question. They have earned that book. Mm. Mm, mm. Wow. I think this should be a whole topic of the week. No, I don't know if we can do that <laughs> much, but... Well, yeah. quickly, in three minutes or less, what 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 are your thoughts on this topic? So for me, it really depends on the game. 
So I'm in a few different campaigns. I'm in one for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, which will probably be including level up now that the books can be released. And we use uh, minis when we have combat in that. Um, my DM actually has a flat screen TV that they lay on the table so we can have animated maps Ooh, and we put our minis tech. on there. It was an old TV I had in my house. I was like, does anyone want it? And he was like, I can use this as a giant battle map. Mm. And so we did. Because you get on YouTube all these moving animated battle maps that are really great and you can there's lots of um patrons for them as well but anyway so that sounds really cool so like like there's a river it actually kind of runs sort of yeah thing. so yes. you've got the squares the grid is on the video so you just put it on the screen and then um it's me and the, like the trees move in the breeze or stuff like that which is oh i now have a call for my new house it's unnecessary but it's just a really nice little extra and when we play in person we use the minis and mm. um i think that's because we played online during the pandemic Mm. Um, on, and we used Roll20 and so we got used to using kind of battle maps for combat because we use that mm. for the combat section mm. um, so when we play in person we tend to use that for combat so I think that's really great but there's other gaming systems that I think you wouldn't really get the benefit from it as much yeah. really so if you're doing like a, a horror RPG or something it doesn't really matter exactly where you are in the room and mechanically it doesn't you know you don't need that level of detail so i don't think you'd get any advantage from it really well the other thing about horror of course is that part of the way horror works is that you've got to sort of immersion is very very important to it and immersion works a lot better when it's in your head than if it's yes like laid out on a grid which tends to take you out of the situation and has you watching the situation rather than being in the situation yeah so horror is better when you don't know everything and Mm. battle maps kind of tell you everything uh, mm. so it's nice to have the the unknown because people will always imagine something scary in their mind and you can never describe to them so yeah so mm. i'd say it depends on the game like so if you've got a combat game with like specific combat mechanics uh, it can be mm. useful so you can actually measure out is this person 30 feet away from me for my spell to yeah. reach them mm-hmm. uh, but if you're playing something you know a bit more freeform then or horror or something like that then maybe not mm. what about you peter i'm actually a huge fan of fish of the mind i played a whole pile of games. Uh, in fact, my first online game was entirely Fears of Mind. We sometimes had a map to help describe the setting a bit and give us something to bounce off. But yeah, that's... In fact, most of my career has been playing Fears of the Mind. So I really mm. like it. I'm very good at picturing where everything is within a three-dimensional space and how mm. it's all moving. I, I love it. Mm. But I use a lot of maps and miniatures because... Like it just helps other people work out what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's more empowering for players if like they, they feel, I, it helps them understand what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I use maps and miniatures, uh, has an aid to helping people, you know, really get into yeah. the moment. But yeah, I, I actually prefer Fear of the Mind. Yeah. Well, I, I actually do too. Um, I find it way more immersive. Mm-hmm. It puts you in the first person rather than the third person. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's like, um, what you imagine is always better than what the map looks like. But it's all just a case of making sure that everybody has the same yeah, sure. copy yeah, I understand that. Yeah, of what's going yeah. on in their head. But sometimes, it, does that wrong. matter always? Oh. Does it matter always? I and mean, people can ask quite, a, quite a, you know, uh, clarifying questions if mm-hmm. needed. And people yeah. can adjust their mental image if needed. And that does happen in theatre of the mind. And that's fine. That's just part and parcel of how it works. Um, so, you know, sometimes it can matter, but sometimes it doesn't matter that people are imagining different things as long as what they're imagining doesn't mess up the game and it works for them. You know, yeah. if you say there's a table in front of you and two people are imagining two entirely different tables, does it matter? 
Absolutely not in that Depends. specific instance. Unless, unless it's a mimic. Unless, yeah, unless the appearance of a tentacle, yeah. <laughs> when it's a door, not a door. When it's yeah. a mimic. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but unless the appearance of the table is actually plot important, does it matter whether one's imagining like this nice oaken carved desk and the other's imagining some kind of stone type thing or whatever? Mm. Does it matter? No. I mean and also, Unless you can communicate becomes... so much with just a few words. You can say, okay, it's the uh, foyer to a, uh, you know, expensive manor. And people in their heads, right, they've populated yeah. that in their head already. They know yeah. what that looks like. And each of them's imagining something different, but that doesn't matter. Unless, mm. you know, unless something becomes really important, in which case they can say, are there any stairs? Yes, there's someone on the left or whatever. There are some people that can't create pictures in their minds, though. Oh, right, okay. It's not, so in that, that case, called? it's an accessibility thing, isn't it, then? An accessibility issue. Yeah. Mm. It's called a fantasia. Right. Um, and it's when, mm. and a lot of people have this, and they don't picture images in their mind. And so when people talk about creating an image in their mind, they thought it was just like a turn of phrase. They didn't realise right. that other people actually have a picture in their in their mind. Oh, I did not and know And people that. have it okay. to different varying degrees. Some people can picture things in like 3D and do whole environments. Other people just get a static image. Some people have colour edits. It's all a varying degree that different oh, people Oh, I can have. definitely picture stuff in my mind very easily. Yeah, I've actually met some, I met a couple of people with aphantasia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like I say, accessibility is important. I've also met people mm. with dyscalculia um, as well, see with yeah. dyslexia. So mm-hmm. again, it's all about Accommodating people's needs yeah. and making them yeah. accessible. But then they talk about accessibility. Of course, that can work the other way. Someone yeah. who has vision problems would find theatre of the mind better than a map. Than a map, yeah. for example, if they can't see the map, yeah, they would so. probably they would probably find a theatre of the mind set up that easier to play. Is an assumption that I have also made, and there has been at least one instance where it was not, in fact, correct. Oh, okay. I but. guess you have to put, speak to the person because it depends mm. on... Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so there we go. Joel um, from Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut? Connecticut. Connecticut from America. Thanks, Joel. That, oh. was a really, that was a really good question. I really like yeah. that one. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, we'll have a copy of the Awfully Cheerful Engine out to you immediately. You should have that in a week or so. As always, if you want to get your question featured on the show and us to attempt to answer it in... Uh, well, you know, attempt is a, <laughs> a strong word, but attempt to answer it. Um, either ta- uh, hashtag awfully cheerful question on Twitter, post in our Facebook group, which is Morris's unofficially unofficial tabletop RPG talk, or email us at morrispodcast at gmail.com. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Okay. Should we do some RPG news? Hell yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's start with some really, 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 really big good news for us. Oh, really big. Good news because yes. Yes. sitting in our warehouse mm-hmm. right at this very moment are 43 pallets of Level Up the books. Over 15,000 books are sitting there ready to be sent out to backers. Yes, that is I'm correct. Very They're just about this. sorting through them, putting them into piles of things going to the US, putting them into bundles of different packages because everyone's got different combinations. Some people mm. got one book, oh, some people yeah. got all of them. Some people got two, I'm sure. Some people, yeah, as many combinations <laughs> as you can think of, there they, they exist uh, in that world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is like, we started doing this two years ago. Mm. Yeah. Well, it was early 2020 when we said, right, let's make this game. 
And now, two years later, yeah, yeah. yeah, two basically two years later, they are sitting there on pallets, ready to go out. And it's like super, super, super exciting and weird to think that we've got to this point. Yeah, I mean, it's been a hell of a journey. And also, the most important part, ribbons. And there's ribbons, yes. <laughs> Multiple ribbons. If we are can... going to have to weigh these books for us. Uh, well, when we get them, we will. Yeah, absolutely. We will weigh Sorry, these books. It's an important part of the podcast. That we have we to do have books. an estimated weight, but I think we should wait oh. till we have the, the actual ones set for... Uh, I think yeah. that would be best. Yeah, yeah so that's more scientific, yeah. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. kitchen scales. <laughs> we put a scale and we put the books on one and we put some chickens on the other and we work out yeah. how many chickens our books weigh. That's, yes. that's a standard, about as yeah, scientific as I reference chicken, though. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be silly. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't want one of those random chickens. Do you take me for an amateur here? I mean, come on. I don't. I think you're the utmost professional. Rob, Especially when it comes to chickens. Because you are my boss. So I have to <laughs> say that. <laughs> the best thing about speaking in monotone is you can say pretty much anything. And it's like, is that withering sarcasm? Is that sincere from the heart? Who can exactly. say? Exactly. Who can say? For you? But Peter, <laughs> when you said the most exciting part, I didn't think you were going to be talking about the weights. I thought you were going to be talking about the SRD for Level Up as well, because that's happened this week. <gasps> what? That's quite oh. exciting too. Yes. I, oh, yes. Oh. oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. I just keep on seeing conversations with people who are just being wrong on the internet. So now I have to like link them to the solutions to their problems. It's like, oh, yes, your problem with D&D is this. Here is the table that you need to look at. I wouldn't Enjoy. recommend linking an SRD to somebody unless you really, really hate them because yeah, they are not designed to be bad facing. Well, they are legal yeah, documents. That's, that, that's the <laughs> system reference document. So yeah. that oh, okay. Level Up Advanced 5th Edition is available for third-party game developers. Yeah. And, and because you were a third-party yes. game developer for Level Up, uh, Peter, that's why I thought it yeah. was appropriate for you. But yeah. not oh, yet. Also but, but also yes. not the SRD. We also have the, the tool uh, site as well it's not quite going public yet it's no. still limited to kickstarter backers still got a bit of cleaning okay. up to do it's basically done yeah basically done there's a bit of cleaning up a little bit of coding like really minor stuff like just oh. making sure some stuff is in the right font and some stuff but is coming in the right place sort of thing yeah. yeah please please put a hot link for the number of players and difficulty of encounter versus the level of monsters they can expect to fight table if you put a hot link there, that's going to save me a lot of typing. Your bookmark bar not working on your Ooh. on your browser. <laughs> the sound. Or is that, or is that just sad. too much work? But we but, have. Well, a- <laughs> it's more like if I could hot link to it, it's like this, this, like yeah. With the when you're doing Wikipedia links, when instead of having to read the whole article, you just go straight to the article, like you know, one of those like little hashtag things. If you've got one of those in there, I think what we, what we might what we might do. I mean, this is going a bit into the weeds now, but what oh. we might do eventually is look at which pages are the most used and yep. maybe put a little menu of super commonly used pages. Yes. Like, they're clearly the ones that people refer to most. Yeah. Well, well that, that, that table I refer to is one I keep going back to because it's how I design all the encounters that I design or how yeah. I check anything. And yeah, it's, it's just like challenge rating now has a meaning thanks to the work of Paul Hughes and level up. It's like... We should quote that somewhere. That's a good quote, isn't it? Challenge rating now <laughs> has a meaning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we didn't say it, so, you know, Wizards of the Coast can't yeah. sue us because it wasn't us. They can sue Peter instead. Well, it was Peter uh, that said it, uh, but uh, Peter doesn't... Uh, they, 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 they could actually be... employed by EN Publishing, yeah. so exactly. we're saying... That's what I mean, that's a good loophole. Act, if you can find any nerds who actually think that in 5th edition, challenge rating is a useful par, say, oh, I don't know, level 5, 
I would be delighted to meet them because I'm just like, wow, what's it like living on your planet? <laughs> okay, strong feelings there. Um, but the tool site, we did set ourselves a deadline um, yes. because uh, yes. every month we do a monthly live stream with the you say, you say we set and ourselves I, a deadline, Jess. Uh, okay, doing I, all this. I yeah. set ourselves the deadline by next month. Uh, so <laughs> sign by next month's monthly live stream, which I believe is going to be like the 21st of April. Oh, okay. Our hope right. is then to try and have the tool site live. So, yeah, so when okay. we do our EM publishing monthly update, we can be like, "Hey, there's this new information." But Russ, Russ is unhappy with me saying that. So we'll see if. Well, basically, because I'm the one that has to do the donkey work to get that done. <laughs> I know. So I thought I'd put the pressure on by saying it in the live know. forum. I don't know how. I don't know how <laughs> I ended up being the person doing all of this, and I spent the last five months of my life basically full time doing data entry. Somehow, I don't know it's, how how this happened. That's why but, you start an RPG company. Because you love data it's for entry. moments like this, the huh. data entry. Huh. Yeah. I mean that that rings a lot of bells for my own life right now. I've got to say, yeah. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, we've got some RPG news to get into, and that well, that was RPG news. We've got some other RPG news. Yeah, well, as well, people other than Ian publishing. There's, there's games outside of Level Up. I refuse well, to believe what? it. Well, we have got. Yes. A yes. announcement of a press meeting of an embargo of an announcement of some new D&D books. Yes. Of an embargo of some D&D books. Yes. They, they didn't, they didn't want right, to make so, what the announcement was now, but they're announcing that there will be an announcement next hmm. week on the 22nd of so March. So there's a press um, meeting yeah. today. Well, they, you don't want to jump straight into an announcement. You've got to get that pre-announcement out there first. Yeah. Very yeah. But there's a, there's a press presser today. Yes. Where Wizards of the Coast is going to tell some press representatives all about their upcoming plans. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Are we that invited? Is. No. That's weird. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yeah. So, um, and that, what is revealed at that meeting today mm-hmm. is embargoed until Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Which presumably is when a whole load of announcements will, uh, articles will appear across the web about these, uh, these impending announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, yeah, we basically, so basically on Tuesday, it's a big announcement. We're probably finding out what the next book is, maybe the next couple of books. Not mm-hmm. sure. Well, we got we are pretty confident about. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. the Anna gen, well, often previews what the next book's going to be. So that was the mm-hmm. case with Strixhaven. Mm-hmm. That was the case with Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the case with something else as well mm-hmm. last year. I can't remember yeah. what exactly, but but generally speaking, that happens quite a lot. So the last, okay. well, mm-hmm. Unearthed Arcana has been a little bit less frequent in the last year or so. There have been two. By design. By design. Yeah. Because it two. was coming out on a monthly basis, I think. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So there have been two. Uh, and one was that um, Explorers of the Multiverse, or Wanderers of the Multiverse, whatever mm. it was called, one, which mm. definitely points towards a Spelljammery type possible type product, maybe. So you heard it here, Spelljammer confirmed, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or Planescape, or, or, or Planejammer, or, or something along those lines. Definitely points towards yeah. that. Uh-huh. And the other, of course, being last week's or the week before, whenever it was, the Dragonlance, Unearthed Arcana, which... Mm. Points towards um, a Dragonlance book, and they're usually like a six-month lead time between the Anathakana and the actual book. Oh. Is, is is when that tends to be. So 
Um, a six month lead time will put the sort of multiplayer, whatever it is, spell jammer, playing yeah. whatever it is, like about now. So mm. they might be announcing a imminent book. Mm. And it would also put a Dragon Dance book around about September. And you know what else is coming out right about then? Mm. Weiss and Hickman's new Dragon Dance novel. Oh, oh. what? Fortuitous okay. timing. Yeah. I thought they'd bring it out for summer for the beach rush and so forth. Well, I imagine that would be a. That's yeah. September's a Christmas it's August, September, release, I think, yeah. isn't it, really? If you mm. release it in September, you're getting ready for people to. Like mm. Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so it certainly sounds like they would want to make those two things go together. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's some good speculation. I guess we'll find out next week. Yeah. Well, there's also another interesting sort of angle to this because last mm. year, Ray Winninger, who runs D&D over at Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. said <laughs> that the products this year would be in a new format we haven't seen before. A new printed s- format, you went on to clarify. It doesn't ah, mean online or anything like that. On it's a scroll a- or something. Uh, mm. Well. I prefer my, my RPGs to be delivered in the form of tapestries. <laughs> yeah, um, I know, I know. Or... Or, I'm not too fussy, I would also accept carpets with uh, spe- special knots in them as well. Yeah. That is also well, okay. it depends how you yeah. interpret haven't seen before. It might be haven't seen in 5e before, in which case that opens mm. that out to a lot more things. Yeah, if if they imagine. really mean that we haven't seen before, then it could be anything. But, but, it'll uh, be tattooed. They'll bring it out on CD or DVD. <laughs> it'll be tattooed on a person and they will come to your house when you run your games to uh, oh, okay. present the rules. Well, that, wow. That's inconvenient. Yeah. That is something no one's... That's not been seen before, I don't believe. Yeah, yeah, and that's... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. That is definitely what it is. <laughs> it's it's I, a very scalable model, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, that. exactly. I mean, there are a couple of RPGs that I'm aware of, but that's not infeasible. You could do that with a one-page so, RPG, couldn't you? I, yeah. I am thinking that. You, like, you could yeah. get lasers and feelings tattooed onto you. Yeah, or Dread. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dread's actually a... Bit of a thicker rule book than that, but the actual rule section is uh, quite small. The actual though. rule section just says pull a Jenga block. I mean, I had an in depth conversation on this on Not D and D. We discussed dread, yeah. so you can go back and watch that if you want to understand the rules in detail. But the actual mechanic, mechanical part of it, is quite brief. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I was thinking more of the excellent, like the. the I mean, I I really love dread. Has a model of game design. Because yeah. the leading questions are, I think, very important to yes. how one would break the what I call the backstory problem. Hundred mm. percent, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's anyway, a great thing. That, that that's for that's not news. That's just me waving my hands in the air and speculating wildly. Yes, back to the news. <laughs> Sorry, back yeah, to the news. Um, did we mention uh, blessings, healing, and peace last week? Or we didn't did, because we, did we only launch launched it? it on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Then we didn't. Yeah. Last <laughs> week's commission in this week, then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a charity bundle um, mm-hmm. to support those affected by the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yes. One hundred percent of the proceeds go to charity. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything on that. So when you go on the Indiegogo site, everything that's been raised mm-hmm. on there will be what is going towards the charity. Yeah. So we launched nice. on Tuesday. It runs for about a month. We've raised about two or three grand so far, which is yep. great. Oh, is this Ian Publishing? Yes, yeah, this yes, is our so one. Right. There's, lo- there's, there's lots yeah. of them. Oh. This is our one. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, so our one is Blessings, Healing, and Peace for Ukraine. So you get, like, right. 11 new healing spells. Uh, there's two new kind of um, monk archetypes that are based uh, on paths of peace and things. Right, So right, we've right. tried to keep it quite... 
quite zen and on 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 theme for donating I, towards the situation yeah, in Ukraine. Yeah. And it's on Indiegogo because Kickstarter don't um they don't let you do they don't let you do that. Yeah. So yeah. that's why it's on Indiegogo and not Kickstarter like a normal. Uh, yeah, and you can do- donate as much as you like. You can donate a pound. You can donate ten pounds. You can donate a hundred pounds. You get the same reward whatever you donate. You get yeah. this, this PDF. Um, full of full of D and D five B content. You get the same same PDF, but you can choose how much you want to donate, and it all goes to the Ukraine humanitarian appeal. Yes, so it's is, going towards helping out people that have been affected. By yeah, refugees and displaced families, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so if, if you really go, good. the link links in the show notes. But if you go and have a look on there, you can see what it's all about there. Mm, yeah. Hey, are either of you guys fans of Faith No More? The band. The band. Yes. Um, maybe. I probably enjoy their songs. I just can't remember any off the top of my head. <laughs> I would I'm aware just, of them, which I actually places them yeah. quite high in my musical lexicon. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a band t-shirt, so if that, if that means I'm not a fan, I guess that's... Okay. That's well, they're, uh, for those who don't know, they're like a Californian rock band. Oh, okay. Right. Cool. Um, from the 80s, then they split oh. up, and they got back together again in the 2000s, like most sort of 80s bands do. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the uh, the twist here is that there is now an officially licensed tabletop RPG wow. based on the music of Faith No More. Uh, Tell me more. Well, I'm oh. seeing like Stumblers okay. now. Yeah. <laughs> so they had Did an discuss. album called The Real Thing. Okay. Yeah. And the game is based on that album. Um, they, this is a, apparently the first in a series of five, which is going to be based on five different Ooh. Faith No More albums. And it's kind of, it's very nineties, very deliberately so. So it's basically right. a story driven game. It's powered by the apocalypse and it's like for fans of the dark, gritty RPGs of the 1990s. Well, my furious Googling has revealed to me that Faith No More's The Real Thing album did come out in 1989. So, um... uh, as did I. Yeah. I mean, it's got t- track Are we saying like... that there now has to be an official tabletop RPG of Jessica Hancock? Uh, no, no one wants that story. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one wants that. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's yeah, but that, that's um, interesting. I mean, like, if Wendy's can do it, why can't Faith no more, I guess? Why not? Yeah. Why I'd, not? I'd sure. be interested to see some more information when that comes out, because it's. Yeah. I'd like to see how you craft a story based to music, because there are some RPGs mm. that use music yeah. as, a, as a way to yeah. inspire characters and stuff. It's on so. Kickstarter right now. Do you know what? I should have saved that for the Kickstarter game. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that would be well, we It's too late Zero chance of getting that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's on Kickstarter. It's funded at a $5,000 goal. It's made 25 grand so mm. far. I've still got an entire month to go. It's, oh, okay. You know, it's doing really well. And, you That's know, really it's officially key. licensed by the band. Nice. You know, nice. it's, not, it's not just inspired by it. It's actually official. Yeah. Nice. More stuff. Are they real players then? Is this... That- I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'd I like to think that they are, and they're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of glancing through the Kickstarter page, and I'm not seeing anything unless I'm missing it saying that they are. Okay, yeah. but that well, does, they, doesn't they, mean they're not. Stuff I guess. like Zombie Eaters, Woodpecker from Mars, War Pigs, Edge of the World. I mean, the track titles alone are enough to make me think, oh, okay, I could probably start working for a game based off this. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's interesting. It's interesting. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to keep keeping an eye listen. on that just to see how that does because that's just, yeah. you know, that's yeah. fascinating. That is. So, uh, Critical Role announced a couple of new shows. Yeah. Oh, Jess, I know you know about these because I saw you talking about mm. them in the, um, this week in TTRPG 90 minute quick short 
white side thing. 90 minutes, 90 seconds. 90 seconds. It was, yeah. actually two, it was two minutes yeah. this week because the, the promise for the show is that it'll be under three minutes because yeah. it has to be because that's the rules that TikTok have on their app. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they did. They've got two uh, new shows coming out. So one of them is called Four-Sided Dive and it's uh, kind mm-hmm. of a casual, there's going to be four of them there and they're having a casual kind of discussion talking about critical role news. They're doing questions and answers with people and they're playing party games. So it seems like a nice sort of just like kind of hangout and they themselves mm-hmm. have said um, it has absolutely no preparation on their mm-hmm. side. And even mm-hmm. on the day, they're going to randomly decide which of the four of them is hosting the show um, right. by rolling a dice. <laughs> so it's it, i think it's meant to be quite spontaneous and fun yeah. and silly and they've even got like uh, a jenga like tower is mentioned as well mm, um nice. segment so yes yeah, so i think it sounds like a really fun uh sort of show they're doing so that's going to be happening and that'll be a monthly show and then yeah. they also have another two-part special uh which is called critical role exandria unlimited uh Kymel. and i hope mm. i'm pronouncing that right so um, it's the internet, so people will correct me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is another two-part special on March 31st and April 1st. Uh, and they're bringing back the Crown Keepers. But yeah, Matt Mercer is playing a whole range of different people and a brand new character. So yeah, fans of the show will look forward to that kind of coming back and going back yeah. into that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Sorry. we also have... We also have... This is interesting. So Free League... Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they've got a deal going on with Titan Books, yeah. and they're doing Ooh. some tie-in novels right. to the Alien RPG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a three-part series. Nice. Uh, each a standalone novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Alien Colony War, Alien okay. Inferno's Fall, and Alien Enemy of My Enemy. And they're coming Ooh. out in April, so one of them's like very soon. You can pre-order the first one, Alien Colony War, like now. Yeah. So. Oh. Nice. Uh, one in July and one in February next year. Yep. Mm-hmm. And each of them will also have an adventure by uh, Andrew Gasker, who's uh, the lead setting writer, and that's going to be tied to the events of that book. Ooh. So yep. separately so you can get those. They're all based off the Alien RPG. The, the one is uh, Colonial Marines Operation Manual. Mm. So it's based on that mm. in that specific setting. So if you've played mm. that adventure in that book, this is diving into depth in that a bit more. Yeah. That does sound like the sort of thing. Faces, Peter. I, oh, it that. sounds like your sort of thing, Peter. When I was reading on the news, I was like, oh, Peter's going to gonna like this. Yeah, oh, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> oh, well, the, pre, the pre-order uh, for the paperback is $15.95. Yeah. So it's not... So, it's not no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, like, you know, the actual product will be overpriced in any way. Yeah. I'm saying that... Oh, you me mean this, you being on this show is expensive? Maybe on the show is always expensive. Yeah, <laughs> especially, especially when we get to the Kickstarter section of it. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've oh, had that definitely. issue reading the news now as well because I'm hearing about all the stuff. Yeah, I know. I've, I've I know. It's like all these shiny things keep on going. I know. I've had I've to, I've had to rein it back things. in because I ended up spending so much money, and there were things arriving yeah. every day, and it was okay. This is too. I've much had stuff. three bundles, three parcels arrive this week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't even run games. <laughs> this is the thing. I'm not even a GM. I just play them. So, but anyway. Soon you'll yeah. join us. One of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, soon, soon. It's interesting, though, the sort of gaming fiction thing. So, like, mm. of course, in the 80s, gaming fiction was massive, especially with all the TSR books. And there mm. was, like, hundreds of Dragonlance books and Forgotten Realms books. And there's just loads yeah. and loads and loads and loads and loads of them. And it's kind of fallen by the wayside mm. in recent years. You get the occasional oh. one by R.A. Salvatore. You've got a couple by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hitman coming up. But it's nowhere near the same scale as it used to be. Right, right. So I, yes, I, I must respectfully dis- disagree. The lit RPG market is 
wildly booming. Is it? Uh, would one describe it as lit? <laughs> Sorry, well, uh, that, that you, you missed the finger really guns. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean, yeah, I suppose, I suppose one could if uh, I was trying to pretend to be twenty years younger than I actually am. But I shall not. Okay. Uh, no, but it's like it's yeah. There's like loads of stuff out there, and some of it is actually really good. Mm. Which I know I shouldn't sound so surprised yeah, by, I know. I but like, here we some are. Some of it's good. <laughs> well, maybe wow. maybe now would be a good time for you to explain what the lit RPG market is, though. Then, because that, that could be yeah. a term that some people might not understand. What is the lit RPG market? Well, it's like where you have an RPG concept and you've turned it into literature. Mm. So features of it include, but are not limited to. Bear in mind, I'm not a specialist on this. I'm just keep. I'm just a fan, right? Fan, mm. yeah. Is is um things like. The conceit that it's an RPG is very much in place. If you've read The Order of the Stick, then you're immediately familiar with the concept of the characters sort of know they're in a game world. Mm. So that can have more or less push on it. Sort of like a lot of our sketches, then. Yeah, yeah, basically. So our sketches are lit RPG. Well, Uh, I don't... Yeah, actually, yeah. I I, I mean, they are vignettes of lit RPG. Well, well, the yeah. characters in our sketches often break the fourth wall and like refer to the yeah. Yeah. You don't, you whatever, don't, don't they? have to break the fourth wall, but it is. But often they're you're very aware of gamers' mechanics. Um, mm. There are some like uh, Drew Hayes and the NPCs series mm-hmm. is a series I really love uh, because it's sort of pursuing sort of two two timelines. Uh, one is like in the real world where. A GM has introduced new survival rules and the players weren't paying attention. Mm. And then in the game world, which is where we spend most of our time, the NPCs that were stocking the bar are like, oh, guys, guys, who these random adventurers that wandered in, they're all dead. What's happened to them? It looks like they ate really poisonous mushrooms. What were they thinking? Mm. And then they search the bodies like, oh, 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 no, this is this is a letter inviting them to the king, who is a tyrant. Mm. who has a very strict policy on, if I don't get what I want, I'll come out and burn down your whole village and everything within 20 miles of it. How very what? dare you not give me what I want. So that's the incentive for the NPCs to say, ah, uh, and grab the kit of the adventurers and go off and try and pretend to impersonate them, because otherwise it's that, or everyone they know and themselves will be killed horribly. Okay. It That's the first chapter or so, and it gets wild from there, and I really love it. It's a really clever, really well-put-together series. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. What else have we got in the news? Yeah. So we're kind of coming to the end of it. Um, a little bit of Shadowrun news. Ooh. Yeah. Emerald City is a new setting book focused Ooh. on the newly free city of Seattle. Okay. Following the events of the plot source book Cutting Black, Seattle is now a free city independent from UCAS. UCAS, isn't that the body that in, handles in the, yeah. universities? In, in the UK, UCAS is the system that you apply what, to what did to get university. For our British listeners, and you'll find out. So they have they have everyone's educational information that went to university in the UK. That's yeah. what they have. Think yeah, they have all that eight level results <laughs> as well. The university, yeah. colleges, and admission system yeah. is out of control, guys. <laughs> out of control, folks. That's what we're saying. I, I knew it. I knew it. I remember that. when I was applying. Oh, I knew it. Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, uh-huh. so the, it's the University Colleges Administration System has um, <laughs> no longer has a hold over the city of Seattle. <laughs> yeah. I think it stands for United Confederation of American States or something. Oh, Daryl, please feel free for you to be sniffy about how much I've I was kind of like, when you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're writing something and you come with an acronym, Google it first. 
Hello, your editor Daryl here. UCAS, or UCAS, in terms of Shadowrun, stands for the United Canadian American States, which is the name of the country that came about following the merger of the northern states of America with several Canadian provinces. The term has been used in the game since it was originally published in 1989, while the Universities and College Admissions Service was formed in 1992. So it seems like the UK University Admission System should have been the one googling their acronym. So this, 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 this book, Shadowrun Emerald City, covers the spies, smugglers, liars, cheats, killers, thieves, rebels, anarchists, gangsters, thugs, hoods, outlaws, lowlifes, hackers, con artists, hustlers, and more that inhabit the Seattle Metroplex. Yeah. Well, they don't need a thesaurus over at Shadow <laughs> Catalyst Game Labs. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just, they just like, looked up gangster or something in thesaurus and just copied everything. And they're like, but how can we differentiate these mechanically? Yeah. And I'm here for that. That's the sort of nerdery I'm all about. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that's been released anyway. That's, uh, that's okay. out now. That's out now. Um, can either of you think of any more news that I may have missed? Has anything been happening with oh. EN Live, Jess? What's going on with that? Uh, yeah. So we're still doing stuff and all things with EN Live. Uh, yeah. So every Monday we have Not D&D at uh, 10 p.m. Uh, so we had uh, Dread. On this Monday, so mm. we had Everdire on which there to talk excellent. about that, yep. which we talked about, nice. which is great. Uh, and next week we have. Let me show you. What, let me get the, the schedule up because we have on our website a jazzy new upcoming guest schedule because everyone wanted mm-hmm. to to know who is the upcoming guests, which is fair enough. Uh, so mm. we have a schedule now. So on March twenty first, we've got Matthew Dawkins who's talking about the They Came From series, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Uh, and then nice. we also then we're speaking to John Harper the week after on March twenty eighth for nice. Lasers and Feelings. Yeah, uh, yes. we've got the lineup for April. Well, as John well. Harper's the Blades in the Dark guy as well, so you know. Oh yeah, well he's done lots of things. He, we're talking, things. yeah, well we're talking lasers and feelings this time mm. because it's well, it's free first of all, which yes. is nice. The rules are all on one page, and I think it's a really excellent kind of gateway introduction to role playing games. And mm. so I wanted it, just to, to kind of talk about it. An excellent filler game as well. I've run it for mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just enjoyed all its original series Star Trek goodness. Mm. Exactly, a lot exactly. of fun for that. But we'll be going into detail about that on March 28th, so you can check that out. And we've got the lineup for April as well. So we've got uh, Dune as well. Uh, So if you're a fan of the film, the RPG is out, and it's a very pretty book. We've got the Demios Mm. Academy coming on, which are on Kickstarter now. Mm. They use colouring in as part of their mechanics in the game. So you're uh, going through this house, exploring things, and as you relive memories, you you represent that that memory's been unlocked by colouring it in on the, the paper you have in the map. Mm. Uh, so that's quite interesting. Uh, is that got, Banana Chan Games? Um, it is. Banana Chan yeah. is coming on to chat yes. to us about that. Lovely. Uh, so don't uh, question us about that on the Kickstarter game later. Uh, and we've also got Star Trek Adventures um, and back again from the Broken Land in April. Uh, but yeah, if you check out enliverpg.com, you can see all the dates and everyone who's coming there. So that's happening on Mondays. Uh, on Fridays, we have This Week in Tabletop RPG, which is like a, as mm. we've mentioned before, quick couple of minutes summary of the news uh which is out on all our socials yeah and that's for the tiktokers out there it is it is on it is on tiktok <laughs> yes as uh, yeah. as well as me trying to figure out how to produce content on there as a 30 year old woman uh so enjoy that <laughs> uh, I'll, ha- I'll have to get that address off you so i can send it to my friend Lynette, yes who will definitely appreciate it mm. and that is it's en publishing rpg on uh, tiktok that's now getting embedded in um daryl's column on friday which oh. is on the, the digest World. each week as well so you can yeah. you can you can read about it 
or mm-hmm. you can listen to it in 90 seconds, or you can listen to it in two hours by coming to us, or you can um, go onto the site and read each article in detail. So there's a whole load of different ways now you can get the news from us. Just so many different it's ways. No excuse to not be informed. Yeah, yeah. You can have short form, <laughs> long form, in depth, yeah. ver- verbal, written. You know, well, video just about RPGs. It's just like we're, we're covering all the bases here. We're covering all yeah. the bases here. We absolutely are. Love and I'm uh, speaking to content creators about creating our actual play shows, which will be on Ooh. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but I will announce these details as we have them. And we're also um, doing our series Level Up Bite Size. Um, so I'm speaking mm-hmm. to some great content creators about that, where we're making short little two-minute videos doing little rule spotlights uh, mm. for Level Up 5th Edition. Um, right. So if you're not, if you prefer somebody explaining and talking the rules through to you, which Ooh. I'm that person, basically we're going to have a whole load of videos doing that so you can just watch and listen mm. if that helps you absorb rules better. Oh, amazing. Yeah. We are covering uh, all the bases. I'm yeah. trying, but those will be um, coming up in, in April is the plan and I'll release the dates on EN Live and also I'll put it on EN Worlds as well with, with news of when that's happening. So yeah. you can And you can, you can find all that at enliverpg.com. IanLiveRPG.com, yes. <laughs> that would never grow old. Mm. <laughs> right. Is, Are you sure, Russ? Are you sure? <laughs> I am convinced. In fact, the more times I say it, the funnier it gets. Mm. That is the basic rule of comedy. Repetition makes something funny. Uh, that explains a lot. <laughs> I've got to say. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, we got some, you know, the gold box um, video games, D and D ones from like the eighties. Mm-hmm. Probably won't remember them, but they no, no, but um, they look like PCs in the eighties, and I think I think they went into the nineties as well. I'm not. Is this things wrong. like Eye of the Beholder and stuff like that? Um, yeah, yeah, that lot. Yeah, there's there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's loads of them. Well, yeah. there's they're coming back um, as a gold box classic collection um, by the publisher Sneg. And they're going to be on Steam as one giant collection. If you if you want to if you want to grab those, wow, is, they um, are quite. Yeah, March the twenty ninth. So there's what? How many are there? Oh, one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten of them, I think. Yeah, ten of them. So yeah, I won't mess with them all. If you know what the gold box games yeah. are, but it's those things. Um, you I, know, I will uh, have I'll have a look out for them and see if I've improved them at all over the past. Oh no, it's, it's a lot more than ten. There's ten categories of them, each of which has categories. Yes, yeah, like Quinn okay. series is one, and then it's got Champions of Quinn, Death Knights of Quinn, Dark Green, right stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's probably like twenty, thirty games there. Steam, Steam, March twenty nineteen, get all those. All right. Should you wish, you don't yes. have to. If you don't want to, then don't. I would say don't do it if you don't want to do it. But if you do want to do it, then you can do it. Hey, Russ, yes. uh, how would you like? To have 50 RPGs in one book. Oh, I sense Peter ruining the Kickstarter game for me because that was lined up. Okay, go on then, Peter. <laughs> what what uh, game was going to be in the Kickstarter game and now I have to remove and replace <laughs> something else? Come on. Well, well, for the price of £14, including shipping, you can get the Tiny Tome, which is 50 RPGs, mm-hmm. with one per A5 page, which is obviously two sheets, like front and back. Um... Yeah, and it's a book with that in. I mean, there's got to be something good in there. That it is. Yeah, there's there's fifty of them. I like. Yeah, this is incredible RPG value for money. Yeah, we should we should definitely do an episode on one page RPGs and one page adventures and stuff at some point. I think we should. That's yeah. a good idea to do. Not mm. this week, but you know, some week yeah. we'll, we'll do that. Mm. That's a great idea. Yeah, because we released a whole load of one page adventures as well, like tons of them. 
Yeah, yeah. Book like you them. personally have done you a whole yeah. pile of them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I did like 25 of them, I think. Something like that. 26. Yeah. Something like that. All in Half the place with them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, anyway, that then I think is the news then, I think. Oh, Dungeons and Dragons movie is like Game of Thrones meets Princess Bride, says Chris Pine. Oh, with a bit of Monty Python's Holy Grail and the Goonies. What a Interesting. mix. That is quite a combination <laughs> of tastes, palettes, themes, yeah. and tones. Yeah. It yes. sounds okay. like someone cooking and just being like, I like all these individual flavours, so I'll put them in the pot together and it will taste great, right? That's how you cook, isn't it? Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Certainly how I could. I, I, I mean, I oh, never gosh. thought garlic <laughs> ice cream would work, and the Isle of Wight is desperate to prove me wrong. Garlic ice cream. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. that might be a step too far for me. It's totally black. It's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. this is like Chris Pine, who is famously yeah. um, someone called Chris. and <laughs> One may Chris I. One, yes. of the many, many, one of the many Chrises of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, the Captain Kirk, Chris. Yes. yes. Uh, anyway, so that was that. Dungeons and Dragons movie, March 3rd, 2023 is when it's allegedly coming out. It's next year. And it's got Hugh Thank Grant you. as the bad guy. And Chris Pye is the good guy. Hugh Grant's not a bad guy, though. He's always a bad guy these days. The last 10 years, he's yeah. been pretty much exclusively playing bad guys, and he's really good at it. Oh, that's true, yeah. Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we've done the news. That's it. we finished the news. And that's why I can think of any news that I've missed. We've got all the charity bundles that we've listed on the news summary. Yeah. I don't know if we want to go through them. Um, Do you want to? You can if you wish. So there's lots of other charity bundles. So we've obviously got ours at EM Publishing. uh, But we also, on Humble Bundle, there's a whole load kind of going on for different charities. Uh, So Paizo have one out. They've got like 40 titles for $35. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. And and it also includes the hardcover, the Inner Sea World Guide. And that goes towards Mm -hmm. the National Coalition Against Censorship. So that's running at the moment. Uh, there's also for people that like traveller books. They've got 40 Ooh. digital books of the classic sci-fi RPG. And the yes. bundle goes towards the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society. Okay. Um, there's also Goodman Games. Oh, we did the fifth edition fantasy bundle, did we, from Goodman Games? Oh, no. No. Oh, okay. I should, we should probably have mentioned that because I've actually paid money for that. <laughs> oh, do you want to tell us about the Goodman Games fifth edition fantasy bundle then, Peter, as you've purchased it? Well, like purchased and looked at, but essentially the Goodman Games has been, as we know, have been going through and turning second edition into fifth edition and releasing it with second edition and fifth edition rules side by side, which is part of why they've done incredibly well at the shops, um, in the, uh, what's it, IC2 survey? Oh yeah, the one we looked at last week. ICV2, yeah, yeah. So I saw it come up and actually I was like, wow, that looks like a lot of amazing games Mm. and, it's like eighteen dollars as well, so it's not. Yes, mm. it was basically. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, and yeah, and on yeah. humble bundle, um, the yeah. benefits for that is for the global food banking network. Mm. Yes, but it does end next week on March twenty fourth. So if you would like that, now is the time yeah. to take yeah. a look. I mean, basically, it's a really, really good time to a get amazing deals and b support the effort in Ukraine at the same time. Yeah, it's like two yeah. awesome things. Yeah. yeah. I, King Vitriana XVI, protector of the nineteen territories, leader of the true faith, commander of the implacable whores and fondler of fine pudding, do hereby bestow upon you the coveted status of Knight of the Realm. Oh, uh, thanks, mate. That's that's good of you. Thanks, mate. 
That's the king you're talking to. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, uh, your your holiness, Majesty. Uh, yep, yeah, I was getting to that. Uh, thanks, your your Majesty. Your heroic deeds have not gone unseen. Your single-handed defeat of the great dragon Vortox shall be recorded in the scrolls of time. Your name shall be sung in bardic melodies for eons. Um, the Vortox? (laughs) Yes, indeed. The battle is all anybody can talk about. It is wonderful to have a true hero in our midst. Oh, uh, I I think there might have been some mistake, Gov. Oh, there's no mistake, my friend. This reward is the least we can do. You saved the 12 provinces. We are forever in your debt. Uh, yeah, but um, I'm not... Uh... Not worthy, my friend. But of course you are. You're the most worthy person here. Well, excepting yourself, Majesty. Excepting myself, of course. Well, I'm not. I'm not disputing my worthiness for for who among us is not worthy. Um, but about that dragon, you so see, humble indeed. You are truly deserving of this honor. It's incredible, really. Even here, standing in the imperial palace of the Emerald Empire, before King Vitriana the Sixteenth, your modesty inspires us all. Oh, it's really not modesty, Squire. I see. What I'm trying to say is that I'm not uh, the- a hero. Oh, of course, you are. A champion amongst champions, greater even than the mighty Salamar himself. Yeah, but you see, I didn't really do... Really do much? I hardly think that facing off against the great dragon Vortox alone can be described as not much. Look, I'm I'm not who you think I am. Indeed you are not. For once you were but a humble commander of the Silver Brigade, and now you stand here as a knight. Of the Grey Garter. The most prestigious order in all the land. Okay, okay, look, look, what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm just, you know... Uh... Yes, servant of the people, yes. As are we all, my friend. As are we all. I'm not. Uh, well, no, granted, Majesty, you're not. Quite quite the opposite, in fact. Uh, indeed, Majesty. No, look, please, y- you've got to listen to me. You've made a... Humble warrior, you... very proud. Yes, yes, I'm sure we have. And you... Make us proud, my friend. My pride doth soar to the heavens upon fated wings. What? I read it somewhere. Uh, uh, Majesty? What is it, Vizier? Um. What? Spit it out, man. I think, um, I think the page is folded over there. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> so it is. How comes your face? <laughs> yeah, what what you're looking at there is the cleaning roster. Oh, yes, I see. The rural privy, uh, the imperial kitchens, the sovereign stables, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the knighthood assignments, um, they're on the other side. That's what I've been trying to tell you. You mean you didn't slay the fearsome Vortox in single combat? Well, uh, not unless you refer to the royal privy as the fearsome Vortox, my lord. Uh, Majesty. Majesty. This is a travesty. Are you saying I've just knighted the cleaner? I'm afraid so, sire. Um, cleaning is a noble career. Oh, we're not saying it isn't, my friend. But it's hardly slaying the great dragon Vortox, is it? Have you seen the royal privy? So we'll, we'll just undo the knighthood, right? I'm afraid... That's just not possible, sire. Not possible? What do you mean, not possible? 
by the ancient treaties handed down to us by the gods themselves, the very accords your great-great-great-great-great-grandparents sworn to protect, the solemn duty which has passed through generations of Vitrianas, such a thing simply cannot be undone. So, I'm really a knight now? It seems so. Wow, wait till I tell the lads. Oh, does it, um, does it come with a stipend? Well, 1,000 gold bubbles a year, a castle, and a fancy hat. <laughs> and uh, you, you can't take it back? Well, not without inviting the wrath of the gods, no. Sweet. Ah, all we need to do is figure out what to do about Commander Valorius, the hero who actually did slay the great dragon Vortox. Hmm, how is he with a mop and bucket? It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. It is time to play our favourite game in all the world. The game Mm -hmm. where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Who would like to go first? Oh, I shall go first. Okay, Peter. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, hit me. What you got? Okay. This is one of those ones with a colon. I'm not going to read out what's after the colon. Oh. Fair enough. What is VHS? That's a form of videotape for us. Yeah. (laughs) There there might be some listeners young enough to actually know what a VHS tape is, so... Uh, You could say old enough. It's all right. We understand. Um, (laughs) Yeah, VHS. Okay, what this is, is this a fantastic game, which is all about taking you back to the prime of 80s cinema, where um, men, women, 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 and little fairy things from Alpha Centauri were little fairy things from Alpha Centauri. Uh, Thank you, Douglas Adams. Right, so uh, in VHS, it's going to be a freeform and exciting uh, game uh, where you fall into a cinematic world and you're just trying to navigate it using 80s movie logic. Expect random explosions, high-speed car chases, and much pausing and turning and staring off the distance going, ah. You are halfway there. Oh. Just like, the bear. Yes, it is 80s movies, but more yes. specifically, it's 80s horror movies, and VHS stands for Very Horror Stories, but also has an allusion to the video cassette format as well. And the actual presentation of this is made to look like video cassettes. Nice. So it's RPG for Knights of Blood and Horror inspired by classic movies like Hellraiser, Alien, Halloween, those sorts of things. And you just popped your local blockbuster to get your copy? Yes. (laughs) Is it true there's one blockbuster left in the world or something? Is that a thing that I heard that is true? Maybe, sure. There was yeah. a, a video store in Bournemouth where I lived. It was not um, mm. a blockbuster, but it's. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they do DVDs now, but they're still yeah. going. Oh. Wow. Is, these do look cool, though. They come in a box set that looks like a VHS videotape, sort of like, you know, with the cardboard. Yeah. Um, the box, sleeve. And then it pulls yeah. out from the side. Oh. And they're designed to look exactly like 80s movies. So it's <laughs> actually really quite. Like a slipcase, it's called, isn't it? That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, like a video cassette box, and <laughs> that does sound really, really cool. I am tempted. I am tempted. I got to admit. Save for Just, later. Yeah, I am tempted. Oh, mm. this game is so expensive. Well, it sounds like it's got really nice production value, so that's yeah, why. yeah. It does look very, um, very cool. It's certainly going to be hard to get everything into a box. Um, how uh, how much is it? 
I guess. How much is it? You just wait. Because I don't want out. the PDF if I'm going back there. Yeah, wait for me to honest, click us. away before you ask that. Wait, well, I put it back. Why do you keep clicking away before we finish talking about it? <laughs> because I'm looking at the next one. Okay. <laughs> so it is 35 for the uh, digital, 35 euros for the digital mm-hmm. okay. version, 95 for the physical, uh, for which <laughs> okay. you get three, three VHSs. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, um, yeah, so, I mean, so what you get... why it costs that much based yeah. on the design. I can, yeah, I and yeah. can understand. Yeah, yeah. No, and you also 100%. with that you get you get dice and a movie poster as well in yeah. in that set as well. No, so, I, I'm I'm sure it represents. I'm sure it's very reasonable, and it costs what it costs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is from a company in Italy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm tempted. I am tempted. I'm going to bookmark that, and I might, might, shall I? Shall I back this project live on air? Oh, Again. yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Committing oh, to it. Oh, this is so exciting. It's got to be the physical, though. It's got to be the physical. Yeah, yeah. if you're doing it, format, do it, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. $95. Oh, gold. I mean, I suppose if you're really crafty and fancy doing making your own version of it, you could pack this tool, but I just, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Well done to a best on the physical. Clicked. I've done it. I have backed it. <coughs> it is done. Live on air. Well done, VHS. That's basically the that's basically the seal of approval, isn't it? If you get back live on air, then definitely it's a yeah. It's, it's, a, it's about as much of a recommendation as we can give if Pretty we're actually willing to part with our own money for it. Yes. Okay, but that's done. And I backed it. It is now coming to me. Okay, who wants to go next? Right, who wants to go next? It's um just well, turn. It uh, should Jess be me, really. Yeah. 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 Okay. What is? Hang on. They came from the Cyclops' cave. I can't give you that because... I think it's got a Cyclops. You're, you're actually doing a, a show about that next week. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what that is. They okay. came from... Yeah, exactly. So we can't do that. Um, what we yeah. can do is Pericle Gathering Darkness. Pericle? P-E-R-I-C-L-E. Pericle? Pericle. Pericles. No S on well, the there's end. There's no S. If there was oh. an S on the end, I'd have said Pericles. Pericle? Mm. Pericle Gathering Darkness. That sounds very Star Trek, like those people that could just only speak in phrases. Gathering mm. darkness. Well, I think mm. it's a a dark and gritty setting, gathering darkness. Mm. So it's going to have a lot of uh, tension and uh, um, thriller sort of elements to it. Mm. Um, what was the first name again? Pericle. Pericle. Mm. P-E-R-I-C-L-E. Yeah, I don't know what that could be because it sounds almost classical. To me, mm. like, because I just thought, oh, like, did you mean like Pericles or something like that? So maybe mm. I'll make a stab in the dark that it's in the in the gathering darkness that um it's got some classical kind of vibes to it as well. Mm. So maybe that sort of setting. Um, and I think it is uh not a fifth edition game. I think it's got its mm. own. Uh, it's a different system, and that's my guess. So you're going <laughs> with sort of classical, yeah. So so ancient world classical stuff. Gritty non, horror. Not okay. Not for the edition. So, Pericle is the name of the world. Okay. Welcome to the world of Pericle is the thing it says right at the top of the thing. Is it in um, Okay. It's an app-driven tabletop oh. RPG game oh. that combines exciting dice-based combat with a groundbreaking companion app that takes the place of the Game Master. So, the app oh. is the GM. Okay. Oh. You create heroes using classless hero creation system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the heroes have no class. <coughs> yes, <coughs> no class. 
yeah. Um, What's the setting then? Um, let's have a look. Is that so, even remotely close? Um, <laughs> signs point to no. Because it's in its own world, and that's very mm. oh, well and good. It wasn't D and D though, so I was right about that it at wasn't least. D&D. Yeah, it's one of those things Unless that it is. No, it's not D and D actually. I'm not easily finding that. So it's just the, the Gathering Darkness campaign through rich narratives, animated cutscenes, breathtaking art, and original soundtrack. Does it have uh, any of the breathtaking art? Branching storylines change according to player choice, leading to unique experiences. I'm still trying to find what the actual kind of world and story is. And that I'm not seeing sounds that. wildly ambitious. I love it. But yeah. it I would think be it's, yeah. really hard to do mm. if you're going... Well, Games, I yeah. think there's forever an issue. A lot of people can't find a GM to run their games, mm. and so maybe this is kind of trying to find so a solution to that need. It, yeah, they say it's a new way to RPG with an app-driven game master. So, Lawmaster acts as the game master, spins the tale, immerses the players in the world of Peripal with a dynamic soundtrack, cutscenes, and artwork. Um, you can access it on a computer or tablet, and the app saves the party's process. Has over 200 hours of gameplay. Mm. Nice. Hmm, Do I get a point because it's not D and D? I suppose. Thanks. Uh, did I give you points last the last one, Peter? No. I'll give you fifty percent. You got about half half of it. Fifty percent for saying it was based on videos, video game logic, and it was all set in the eighties. Yeah, he yes, did really well. Did, and he didn't forget that it actually looked like a VHS or that it was horror. So you got that. Yeah, one. sure. But sure, in sure, fairness, sure. you didn't ask him. Then. <laughs> yeah, now that's so, what it looked like. So you, so, so, yeah. and, uh, and Jess, you get one. So it's 50 to one at the moment. Okay. All to play for. It can always <laughs> yeah, turn around in way. the second round. <laughs> I feel that way. Okay. So, yeah. Peter. <laughs> yes. Your turn. Let me. What you got? What is The Exiles? Hmm. The Exiles is a, I'm hoping for it to be, uh, Sort of a campaign and maybe a setting, and it's uh, maybe a sort of a story game, maybe even a journaling or individual game. I'm not 100 percent sure. And what it is, it's about uh, becoming an exile, becoming a refugee, being driven away from your homelands, and uh, just going through and thinking about like sort of questions that would come up: um, how hard another's stairway how salt and others bread sort of thing. And just like the, a game about sort of homesickness mm. and missing um, what you used to have. That would be kind of topical right now, wouldn't it? It's not quite yeah. that, no. but that no. would be, yeah. So this is, I'll, I'll say first, this is an expansion for something called the Crescent Moon RPG. There's no way you could have got that uh, title, so I won't no. count that in the thing. But um, it's a dark fantasy expansion mm. where you tell the tale of young outcasts banished from the human realm and forced to journey through the below which is an otherworldly hellscape no one has ever escaped from until now. So that's I think, a, yeah, um, you, kind, you kind of got that. Yeah. Um, I think that's much, a Pretty much what point. you said, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So I'll give you 75 for that. So because you're a total of 125 to Jess's one. All right. Okay, so Jess, 124 to equalise. Okay. It can be done. 125 to win. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's happened. Like, don't discount it. You know. <laughs> Has it happened to me, though, Peter? Has it happened to me? We'll give it time. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, Jess has to get good at this game. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? No, never, but let's carry on anyway. (laughs) What is Fanged Fables? Fanged Fables. Mm. Well, this sounds like 
a dark, gritty version of, you know, of, of fables, like fairy tales, stories. So Fanged leads me to believe things like vampires. So it's like a twisted, dark fairy tale setting. So, you know, maybe you have the big bad wolf and it's a bit more gruesome than than you one would think. Or maybe it's the little mermaid, but all the merfolk are creepy, evil, fanged mermaids, and it's not like a cute Disney setting with a redhead with fantastic hair. So um, your so your guess is fanged mermaids. No, my guess is it's fairy tale creatures, but a dark, gritty adaptation of those kind of stories. Um, so many fanged and evil, vicious mytho- you know, mythological creatures. Should I just take a plug at a system? Not Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Gone with the opposite of that. <laughs> Fine, I know. It's Power by the Apocalypse. Power by the Apocalypse. There you go. The system. So it is go. Dungeons and Dragons, and it's five <laughs> vampire-themed adventures for D&D. I, I, I gotta say, by the way, that like, whilst I'm sure that that would be a very scary set of tales, the idea of Sebastian from The Little Mermaid, but you can see the lobster mouthpiece move, mouth parts moving. That... That is like, oh, okay, wow. That's, this is the second mm-hmm. week in a row you've nice. mentioned that you really don't like crustacean mouths. Just mm. saying, this is a real, <laughs> this is a real what? nightmare horror for you. I think my idea was better, to be honest. But uh, but I, like, I like, I like your idea. So I'll give you a point for your idea, but it wasn't, the, <laughs> it wasn't the correct idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, so um, who, who could have won the game this week? Uh, well, one hundred twenty-five to two. Oh, um, I do think that that is definitely a win for Peter. Oh, oh well done, Peter. How do, you, how do you feel at this moment, Peter? How uh, tell, tell your fans? How do you feel at this moment of victory? How do you feel? Oh, pretty smug, to be fair. <laughs> uh, there may even be a like t- someone who's kicked assessment. a puppy. <laughs> Pumped pump a puppy. What is this? close close your ears. You didn't hear that. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> Peter, you get to take home the trophy this week. Which is, as you know, a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Well done. I thought it was an exit game. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys us all these wonderful microphones and mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires. So many wires. And all these wires. Uh, We have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Okay, so World of Cool versus Rules of Written. As I understand it, the topic is... 
is it more, not more fun, but is it better to go with a style of play where basically if it sounds fun, then go for it as opposed to a more, I guess, realistic style of play where you adhere to what the rule book says? Is that a fair mm-hmm. summary? I mean, yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's the discussion. Yeah, I think so. Okay. For me, for me to, to jump right in. And my thoughts, Ooh. I think, for me, um, role-playing games are about we're sitting around to tell a story together. Mm. And the rules are can be something to assist you in doing that. But if they're not helpful in a particular moment, don't let them get in the way of your story, is kind of my mm. thought. So mm. I would be very much in kind of the, the rule of cool camp, because I think that I often do this in my D&D games, so I'm looking... I want to do a thing, but it's not in the rules. So I'll just... Mm. I'll explain to my GM. I'll be like, hey, I want to do this... Uh, this thing is technically not in the rules of combat, but you know, ca- how can we do this? Mm. And usually they'll just go, do you know what? Technically, that's not how that spell works, or that's not how that maneuver works. But that's really cool. Yeah, just do that. Roll this for me instead, and they mm. maybe make the the roll more difficult, or maybe get me to use a skill or something else instead. And so I get to tell the story in, in the way that I want to. So that's kind of very much the camp I kind of sit in. It's one of those things. It's if the rules useful, use them. If they're not, don't. In the same way that people use labels. So if the labels useful, use it. If it if it hinders you, then don't. So, but Peter, you have a diametrically opposite opinion and way to understand. Um, I don't know if it's diametrically opposed. I think there's certainly a lot to be said for. If your players are having fun at your table, you are following the correct approach. Mm. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think you disagree with that, do you, Jess? No, no, I don't disagree with that, yeah. No, but my argument is not so much about realism per se, because we are basically playing fantasy elf games with dragons. So, (laughs) yeah, realism realism is not maybe the touchstone that a lot of people seem to be fond of. Um, My argument is player empowerment, which is if you have a shared framework of rules that everyone has access to and, and everyone follows, including the GM... Uh, or your referee or whoever is running it, then that is actually worthwhile for players to engage with. It helps players learn their characters. It helps players, if you actually sit down and you work through, well, this is what's happened and this is what I think has happened. Like, I have to do that a fair bit because there's a lot of spells in, say, Level Up or D&D. If you work through how it works, then your players will learn how you think about things as a game runner and then they can work with that and they can consistently take the consistency, the immersion that is built up from having a world that works the same way every time. Like, nothing wrong with Rule of Call. I find it breaks my immersion, but that's a problem with story games. For me, not saying story games are bad, but for me, story games are a bit of a problem because I have to do what's best for the story mm-hmm. rather than necessarily what the character would do. So how so you say it breaks your immersion? How does it? That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that take. How does it break your immersion? Well, because if something happens one way one time, then a similar situation pops up. It happens a different way. Yeah. I have to reconcile why it's different. Yeah. And if you're not really focused, and that's mm-hmm. how I was taught to role play. Actually, that's why I really enjoy role playing games. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I want to be really laser focused on being the character. Yeah. Trying to be the character as much as I can and seeing the world through their eyes. So it's sort of like it's weird that it happens in yeah. different things. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I, I also get it a bit in, um, 
like uh, superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Like a classic example of call uh, and comics, like where Invisible Girl's power is what does what does the plot require Invisible Girl's power to be this freak? That is what her power does. And many people find it unsatisfying. I don't really blame them. But on the other hand, it, okay. a lot of people really love that it supports the story. Yeah. And that is also equally valid. I'm just saying, like, that's that's a lot of where I'm coming from. That's a really good explanation, though. I, it's weird because I find the opposite. I find having mm. to follow the rules breaks my, breaks my immersion in mm. a way because I'll be immersed wanting to do a thing as a character. But if I want to do a thing, it's like, oh, you can't do that because the rules say no. It's kind of like, oh. If this person was walking around in the world doing their thing, they wouldn't be like, hang on, you, th- th- that's yeah. technically not how that spell works. Well, well this, is, this is where you start getting into, like, maybe more experienced or more flexible or more really focused on the game GMs. Mm-hmm. Because the sort of situation you described, uh, let's take the example of Basic 5th Edition, which, like, I assume a certain amount of familiarity with, like, you say, I do something, it's not technically in the rules. It happens. I, as a GM, I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Have advantage, and it happens, and you do it. So you're more likely to succeed because you did something cool. Okay. And that's, like, a very common house – that's a house rule I pretty much have in my games, which is I try and make sure my players know, this is a list of things that I enjoy seeing and a mm-hmm. style of things I like having. If you do that – I will reward you with meta currency. That, like that makes it sound like the player's job is to entertain you, though, Peter. I mean, what about the things that they <laughs> like seeing, as opposed to the things that you like seeing? They're not your well, little, they're not puppets. <laughs> I, I, I think you'll find that's my job for us, which what? is to put yeah. things that they like seeing into the game. But I am also a player in the game, so things that I like seeing should also happen, and that way everyone's happy. Would it, would it get be to fair do to cool sort stuff. of say then? So what you're saying is like mm-hmm. the structure that rules provide in a game, yes, help create continuity is that yeah. uh, is, is that kind of a, a fair summary of your uh, yeah i mean it's it, you're definitely part way there it creates continuity and it promotes mm. immersion mm. because if it's not promoting immersion that is like it takes you out of the game like maybe there's some fiddly little rule that you always have to look up like um i think yeah i remember 3.5 and pathfinder Grappling wasn't the past of the regular game. It was its own separate subsection. Mm. And it had like flow charts and, and it basically every time somebody did something like that, it just breaks the game to halt while, or it's just like it completely changes it. And it's like, I don't, I don't want that. That, yeah. that sort of thing can go. Yeah. I want things to flow. Yeah. But I also want to promote player agency so that the players know how it flows. And a lot of the flow comes from them doing stuff. Mm. And they can describe things, and in parts, there's rule systems to support it, and because they know their characters, because it's worthwhile learning their characters. Mm. Because that is my biggest problem with the rule of cool. It says, you don't have to know your character, you have to know how to blag the GM. Right, yeah, that's yeah, okay. yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I but know. isn't most of role playing just convincing your GM what you can get away with? <laughs> that's how I play it. Yeah, just going. Can I? I did a cool thing. Can I not have an inspiration point, please? There's definitely different styles of game, though. So if you take <laughs> yeah. a, a kind of rules like narrative game, mm-hmm. that definitely, obviously, obviously, lends itself more towards that style yeah. of play than say. Yeah. A, I'm trying to think of what that sort of most rules heavy game there is. Something like Ooh. the Hero System, Mutants or, and Masters. Masterminds. Uh, Hackmaster, maybe? Yeah, something Well, so, something really rules heavy, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lends itself more towards 
Um, this is the list of things you can do, and what you've got to do is from this yeah. pre-prescribed pre- list of actions. Mm-hmm. But but that sort of becomes too rules heavy at that point yeah, for me yeah. personally. Yeah, as I say, it's yeah, a yeah. scale. It's a scale. So mm. yeah. at one and, end, and also other. maybe because when everything is well defined, mm. like there will still be exceptions because reality is complicated. Doing things is complicated. Yeah. yeah. So having a structure to rely on. Yeah. With, with maybe a bit of meta currency to sprinkle in on top to reward players with, oh, actually, I would never fall for that. The game design would never fall for that. That's still a completely valid and awesome thing to do. Yeah. Have, ch- have a bonus. Yeah, chuck in advantage or something. Or, yeah. 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 Or an expertise dice, which I absolutely love for level up yeah. because I still want to reward players for doing cool stuff that I like. Yeah. A full advantage is very meaty. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. it's too big a treat. You need it's like little kitty treats. You need to give your players little kitty <laughs> treats so that they're still keen. <laughs> like you don't give them like a whole a whole Mars bar every time they do something you like. You just give them like a, little, a jelly bean. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're training dogs or something. Mm. Just give them a little treat. You should get a clicker I as well. Me, <laughs> so they associate it with the click with the treat. I'm actually playing in a game run by Peter at the moment. <laughs> I know, I was thinking that. I was like, I see your face kind so of So basically, going, I, I get kitty treats for entertaining him according to what he likes to see in the game. That's why all those jelly beans were posted to your house in an envelope. Oh, <laughs> the that's what session. they were for. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it just needs the little dispenser. I, I click the button here, and the dispenser pops out a jelly bean. Um, it, it doesn't appear to be installed yet, because Russ isn't <laughs> quite on board with it. But, you know, I'm getting that. So I think I'm kind of in between you two, I think. Yeah. My position mm. is definitely in between you. I do get what Peter's saying, and I do feel that a structured rule system does give me a sense of verisimilitude. It makes things mm-hmm. make sense. It gives a sense of co- continuity. You could do that last week. That's still yeah. the same thing you can do this week. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. in my mind, is continuity. Like, you know, when I'm watching Doctor Who and suddenly something is true one week and it wasn't last week, that throws me mm. out of it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I get, I totally get that. I also get like the rule of call, you're all there to have fun. And if that sounds like fun and everyone's going to laugh and say, oh, and cheer. And that was great. Yeah. That is also a great thing to bring to the table. So yeah, yeah, I definitely kind of in between yeah. the two, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, many people are like, mm-hmm. I am pretty on the extreme end, but that's purely because I really value player agency. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting because I started, I didn't, I played very rules light systems role playing when I first did. I, it took me five yeah. or six years of role playing before I even played D and D. Like mm. I never, yeah. so, that so that's, that's, that's going to be so unusual as well. People come into the hobby not via D and D. That's yeah. probably I think it, quite uh, rare. I, I didn't. I think it. Yeah, no, it no, is. you didn't. But I think no. typically people do though. Yeah, I think because well, it's the biggest system, it's the most well known. Mm. It's it's there's most content online. So if you're online looking at mm. games and thinking you know thinking what you want to play it's it's that makes sense to me that people approach it but when i was watching role playing games i didn't i wasn't that focused on the system that that side of it's not as interesting i was like wow they're sitting around telling a group story together and that's mm. the thing i kind of wanted to and i went to a medical gaming club and um they had a slot available in a game and it was um a zombie survival horror kind of theme and mm. it was using technically world of darkness rules but it was a really rules like hack so it's like a homebrew yeah, yeah. really light version yeah, yeah. and the gm i had um, mark kenobi who used to work here at mm. in publishing uh he was my first ever gm um and he plays very much in that rule of cool kind of yeah. system like that with the rules are here we do use them but you know what if you want to do this thing yeah figure out we'll make a way to work we'll do it like this mm. uh, and so that was yeah. i think my introduction to gaming 
Um, mm. And so that's probably what's informed my opinion on it in a way, because mm. mm. that's what I, what, I don't want to say grew, grew up with, but I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah no, but I guess so what I you're used to. If, yeah. If, yeah, I guess you your know, first experience often shapes your, yeah. Well, oh, you know, often it's an anchoring point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a conceptual hook yeah, sort of thing yeah. uh, on which you can hang various ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And because yeah. I did acting before as well, so mm-hmm. I think I see role players quite close to almost doing improv or, or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's the side that, you know, I really enjoy. And yeah. um, equally, because mm-hmm. um, I've been in gaming clubs and conventions, there is the completely, like you say, the other end of the scale where mm-hmm. the rules actually is where people see a lot of the art and immersion and the rules are like... Mm-hmm. Because you see people at conventions choosing games, and I would always just look at what what is the story, what's the eventual playing. I don't really care what the rules are because I'll mm. play any rule system because we'll just make it work. And therefore, the story. Yeah. And I see other people going, "Oh, there's this system. I want to do that." And they they're choosing their game based on the system. Mm. So yeah, so I think it's just a different approaches for players and and how mm. they. Yeah how they role play and it, i think it's really good that there's a whole really big spectrum of that and that there's because there's, there's space for that i think i've changed over the years i think i've become more towards the rule of call over the years than i used to be i think if you went if you went back sort of 10 years i think probably i was a lot more focused on like well you've got to use your move actions to do this yeah, I wouldn't say I'm not. I'm, I'm not sort of. I'm not advocating yeah. players can just completely break the rules and just say, "Oh, right, now I can do this thing that I couldn't before." I'm not saying that at all. But it, it would be wild for a game designer to level up to say that. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but then again, I've, I also designed an engine. engine, which is yeah. the yeah. opposite type of game, isn't it? So different you know. hats. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you can like different, different. things, can't you? Yeah. So. Absolutely different, different moods mm. or different exactly. things. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, and interestingly, yeah. I've said I'm very like, ah, oh, not too focused on the rules, very this. But the two campaigns I'm in at the moment, one mm. is fifth edition, and the other one is Woofrup. So, mm, right, right. <laughs> so what I'm okay. actually ending up playing it's is two, not two yeah, quite really games. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that's just because what that's what my friends, and my role playing groups wanted to play. So yeah, yeah. I'll come along for the story. But I don't yeah. think I get invited to the table because I know the rules really well and I'm going to do that. That's yeah. not why I get invited. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and there's definitely space. It's just like making the right decisions and yeah. so forth. Yeah. Like, there's, there's another element to it. Of course, it's about whether as a GM you can take on board a action that your player wants to do mm-hmm. and in your head quickly run through how to resolve that mechanically yeah. If you're playing D&D, for example, you need to work yeah. out how do I resolve that? Like, if you're playing a really, really rules-like game, you don't have to worry about it so much. But if you're playing mm-hmm. D&D or something heavier yeah. than D&D, mm-hmm. you've got to work out, right, how does that translate into the rules? And as the mm-hmm. GM, it is then your job to work that out. Not the player's job so much. The player says, this is mm-hmm. what I want to do. The GM's job is to yeah. work out how that works. Yeah. And and yeah. they need to do it pretty quick, on the fly, yeah. and come back with something, even if it's not the perfect answer, something so if they go, yeah. I want to leap off the cliff, land on the dragon's head and stab it in the eye as it flies below me. That's really cool. You, you've got to very quickly, yeah. right, how's that going to work? And, you know, because that yeah. scenario obviously isn't written out in the rule books, you've got to, yeah. you know, take the rules and apply it to that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, part of that is the artistry rather than, like, the science. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a gaming. blend of art and science. It's like making coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, or cooking and stuff like that. My coffee's a blend of coffee and water. I don't like yours. Do you oh, use instant, <laughs> I do use instant, yeah. Oh, see, there we go. 
There's no art there. <laughs> ooh, ooh, the judgment intensifies. Oh, I, uh, used to, I used to own a coffee shop. So let's not, let's not talk that. about this. So we'll get too much. Um, so, yeah, um, like, it also depends upon the tone that you have set and the tone that the game is mm-hmm. playing to. Mm. Like, like, just on its own, it's objectively awesome. But if you're trying to do that from, say, a rough rook game, which <laughs> very heavily focuses on the you are grubby peasants rolling around in the mud trying to stab each other with sharpened sticks, yeah. if you're lucky, that is going to go less well than you are I the superheroes, know. the demigods of the Forgotten Realms marching along at level 15 to destroy a dragon. Uh, and this, like, is just like a mind dragon kicking away. It depends on the environment thing. as well, though. So if I were doing a demo at a convention, yeah. it was like a one hour demo or something, and a player said to me, yeah. I want to do this. The last thing I'm probably going to do is say, no, you can't. I'm going to go, okay, yeah, yeah, cool, excellent, yes, you can do that. And then I'd work I'm, out no, yeah. as quickly as I can how they, they can do that. Because I think my job in that particular scenario is to say yeah. yes. Uh, again, it's like different answers for different things. Mm. Like, yeah. trying to do something intense and meaningful at a convention with people walking past and so many distractions and people mm. just do no, no, no. It's something light, fluffy, and fun. But then again, I wouldn't just, like, a fighter suddenly cast a fireball, though. You know, I wouldn't... That's oh, going. yeah, that's... Yeah, even I would be a bit like, come on. Unless <laughs> but, they were but, like, but, I've got some hairspray and a lighter. Like, they're fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cast a fireball. Uh, yeah. I even know you're probably like, well, that's really more of a fireball. That's, maybe, that, but, that, yeah, that's kind of more burning hands, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the idea is if you spray... Well, I knew what I meant. But I will, yeah. I'll keep you updated on this yeah. Wuffrup game that I'm in because it, this, <laughs> we're starting tonight and I'm bringing this rule of cool right. attitude to this very crunchy game. So no, we'll see how no. it goes. Well, just, 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 just so, just to let you know, right? I played in a fairly lengthy Wuffrup campaign, mm-hmm. and I couldn't work out how to level up my character, so I got someone else to do it. Which version of Wuffrup is it? Is it the one with the funny dice? Um. No. Seems very unlikely. If you're asking me, I don't even know. I All haven't right. even yeah. read the rule book. Oh, okay. <laughs> this yeah. is the kind of player I am, which is why some GMs would yeah. hate me if they come to their table because I'm yeah. like, I still don't know all the rules to D and D. Like, I've yeah. been playing in this campaign for four years. Mm. Do yeah. I know everything? No, but it doesn't but, matter because I'm there to play. And if yeah. I do something wrong, it's like the internet. Someone will tell me. Yeah, but but it's not it's not it's not your job to know all of the rules. That, I mean, it's not yeah. really anyone's job to know the whole rules of a game because these yeah. are. Huge technical manuals. Yeah. I know how to play my character, and I think that's Perfect. what sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should try. And make, <laughs> yeah. You should try and make an effort to understand what's on your character sheet. I think is the. I do. Yeah. No, I do have that, but sometimes mm. I won't do things in the most optimal way. So, yeah. like the first yeah, yeah. time I was playing a particular class, like I played a druid in our second campaign, mm. and I didn't know all the rules, and I hadn't really even mm. played a spellcaster before. So I, was, I, I, was I don't. Expert. I don't know all the rules to D and D. Yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> I have always had, when I've been running games, I have always, pretty much all my life, always been someone at the table who I rely on to know the rules better than me. Yeah. And I'll just go, uh, hey, how does grappling work? And they'll know. Yeah, that's that's my friend Steph in our campaign. So I sit next to her and she's played all, she just knows everything. And so generally I'll go to do a thing and she'll be like, um, that's really great, but you can actually do this as well if you wanted to. I didn't know if you knew the rules worked like this, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's even better. I will do that mm, instead." Yeah. So it's sometimes nice to have somebody there, kind of guiding you through th- yeah. certain things. Mm. And we set up our table that way. Our GMs uh, chose where we sat so that people could yeah. do that for each other. Because mm. it's like, "Oh, this is your right. first time playing this character. I know the person next to you has played that, so they could have you know." Right, right. So it worked out really nicely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But talking of grappling rules, 
If you do yeah. play level up Advanced Fifth Edition, the grappling rules are actually very simple because all they yeah. all the target has to do is make a saving throw versus your maneuver DC, and the, that's it. A strength saving throw, which actually is a subtlety that I really appreciate. Previously, you couldn't grapple people with dexterity. Mm. Now you can, but escaping a grapple once you've actually been grabbed is much harder, which I like. Um, yeah, it's it's just one of many little. Carefully machined touches, yeah. which I yeah. very much appreciate. But then, of course, the GM can always say whatever ability check they want as a general yeah, yeah. rule. In sure, so mm. yeah, um. well, I think yeah, I think that summarizes our positions on it as well. Yeah, I so think we pretty much covered the have, topic. We now. all have yeah. different views, but we're still all friends, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah. just just as a note for people on the internet, you can have different opinions to different people and not yell no. at them. <laughs> like, just as an idea, different preferences, mm. are fine. <laughs> like yeah, and. I think things could be accommodated. You can also modify your game according to the people you play it with. Yeah, yeah know, as long a as different, a different group. As long as everyone's happy is yeah. the main thing. I think as you get to know, yeah, as you get to know a group, you get to understand what their style is, what their preference is, what they're used to, <laughs> what works well with them, and what doesn't. And that's going to be different to another group. And you just, mm-hmm. you know, you just get to know people and just modify things as you go. I guess. Yeah, and sometimes you just really dig things and like it. Mm. Like sometimes. Like, I know for myself, I definitely don't read the rule book for a lot of games before I start running, uh, playing them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just have to know more than the players do. Mm. I think that's an entirely valid way to go about learning a game with a lot of level up. I don't, I haven't studied all of the character classes, mm. but I'm learning about a lot about what characters can do from what the players are doing. Mm. If yeah. I don't understand why they're, if they suddenly say, oh, I'm doing this, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. How, how are you getting that done? And then they show me. I'm like, oh, sweet. And I've learned a bit about their character as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose there's a GM coming to a game and learning 13 character classes that you haven't seen before. It's yeah. quite a... Yeah. <laughs> I think what you do... You need to lean on your players knowing yeah. the rules a bit so that they can say to you, oh, I'm going to do this and I use my bonus action because yeah. I use this feat. You're not going to know every single feat in the game and things like yeah. that. So or 500 yeah. specs. Yeah, that, exactly. Yes. So they're going like, I'm doing this spell, and if you've not heard of it, you can be like, oh, what does that do? It's exactly mm. what you're saying, yeah. Peter, yeah. Yeah, so I've GM'd campaigns quite happily along, and people have come from all sorts of different things, and because they've been learning their characters, and because I've taken the time to explain my thinking, mm. rather than saying, nah, or... I mean, I mean, I think probably the best idea I ever came across, one that's really stuck with me, uh, was actually from the army, which is that there's two different kinds of quartermaster, people who give you your stuff. Mm-hmm. There's one who will look in the rule book and tell you, this is why you can't have it. And there's ones who will go through the book and tell you, actually, yes, this is, this is what we need to say to enable you to get the things that you want. I'm definitely in that second group rather than the first group. I want to mm-hmm. empower the players by looking for the loopholes to allow them to do stuff that I like. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I'm the kind of quartermaster that doesn't know where the rule book is because sure, it's <laughs> probably fine. Have it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I think we've covered that topic completely. Great. Oh, covered it in depth. Yeah. Woo, yes. Yeah. And with that, I think... And, and the thing needs to be said about it every Never again. Never again. Just people <laughs> we've to solved podcast. it. We've, fixed we've solved it. it. Yeah, yeah. Good job, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I think Next that's week, well, peace. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, guys, for joining me this week. It has been yeah. fun as ever. Yep. And with that, let's get the hell out of here and do something else. Okay, goodbye.
Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Yeah, and you can can find all that at enliverpg.com. Ianliverpg.com, yes. <laughs> that would never grow up. No. <laughs> right. Is, are you sure, Russ? Are you sure? <laughs> I am convinced. In fact, the more times I say it, the funnier it gets. Mm. That is the basic rule of comedy. Repetition makes something funny. Ah, uh, that explains a lot. <laughs> Gotta say. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. 